We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What up, Pat Mayo here. Before we get into the insanity that is Tim Andercust, I want to let you know that I'm running a cash giveaway right now. If you rate, review, and subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience on Apple Podcasts, even if you've done it before, leave your Twitter handle and uh, email in the address in case you're a winner. You'll be in the prize pool to get what's now $1,000 worth of giveaways in cash. But the big thing is me, Cuss, Jeff, and everyone who watches the show, contributors to the network, are all playing in this season-long props pick'em competition the full details are in the description essentially all you need to do is go deposit at prizepicks.com right now use code mmn or use our link down in the description uh, it'll be seven dollars and eleven cents a week in order to play in this contest like i said the full details are down in the description you just follow the link to the newsletter and boom it'll explain everything for you i hope you can come compete with us because money for me tim and jeff free money for you guys uh, and there's some big prizes at the top plus all of the weekly giveaways too so just want to let you know enjoy the show Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings. It's time to smash the like, sub to the channel, and don't forget to subscribe to the Cuss Corner exclusive audio feed on Apple and Spotify and Stitcher. You can find all of those audio-wise down in the description. Catch up! on all the classic Cuss Corners as we continue to drop new episodes on there from the past. We're up to Cuss Corner 20 right now. We should have the next 10 within the next three months or so. So this is Cuss Corner 35. Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner. Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner. He's got the hottest takes with the highest stakes. He should be president of the United States. But it's Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner. Cuss Corner. <laughs> People, as you know, in the last poll disagreed with that and said that Top Cat Corner is its name. I won that poll pretty comfortably. And so why we continue with this charade of calling it something that it isn't, I'm not quite sure. 
Well, to you and your burner accounts and the other like 3% of people who voted for Top Cat Corner, you can go converse with them if you like. You're just upset that a, a strong plurality of the people support me. What do you mean a strong? Can you please extreme, explain strong plurality when it comes to that voting? Anytime I get like close to 20% in a poll that you've retweeted where people are actively trying to, to knock me down, uh, I think that's a victory that I've persevered. So is living your truth once again a topic on this show? No, I, I, I don't live my truth. I live the truth as I see it. So your truth. I didn't say that. Jeff Feinberg is also on the line for this edition of Cuss Corner. Remember to smash the like. Follow Jeff on Twitter at gfeinberg17. You ready to talk to Tim? I'm ready to talk to Tim. He continues to... He never stops moving the goalposts on this sort of issue when it comes to a poll. This is true. This is why he continues to say he wins polls, despite yet having over 50% in any poll he's ever put out. That's your marker for victory. Mine is different. That's a really low bar, pal. I don't care. I exceed the bars that I set for myself. Well, I and mean, the people support. the people do not support you on this issue. Anyway, Jeff, here's one I wanted to start with because I want to ask this question to you. So, have you ever been to breakfast before out with people? Yeah, I love breakfast. It's my favorite meal of the day. Yeah, I actually just went to a new Greasy Spoon Diner on the weekend. My wife and I met at a Greasy Spoon Diner. That was the site of our first date because I was so hungover and then like forgot about the date. And she was like, hey, you want to meet up? I was like, yeah, let's go to this place, which was right next to my house when I used to live with Cody Safdie. And you know, now, we, now we're married. We have two kids. Everything is great. So we went to a Greasy Spoon on the weekend. But I only bring this up because we went to play golf, had a golf weekend. Tim was there a few weeks back. And someone at breakfast got toast. They got sunny side up eggs, hash browns, that kind of thing. And they were dipping their toast in the egg yolk, which I thought was pretty standard. And Tim, can you describe your feelings about this? I was offended, <laughs> furious, outraged. One, raw yolk is gross and you shouldn't have it. Two, the toast is for the toast. It's not for dipping egg yolks in. That seems ghoulish. No, no, you should not be doing that. I'm strongly opposed to that in all of its forms. So, Jeff, he had, he had said that he had never seen anyone do this no. before. And frankly, I had never seen. so I want to throw it to you because I've seen, I do it, and basically everyone I know outside of Tim does it. Do you interact with this? <laughs> of course. <laughs> like, I'd say 95% of people do this. Tim loves this line that I've never seen people do it before. When I got in my passionate argument with Tim about mixing slushy slurpy whatever your proper nomenclature is for your region um he claims he'd never seen it before now I lost the argument of if it was the popular thing to do but no one is insane enough to say they've never seen it before and I would put this in almost an identical pantheon maybe even higher because 90 Five ninety percent of people do this when they order sunny side up eggs. So Tim is either horribly bad at observing things or he never goes out. Well, first in my house, it's always 
eggs over hard. No one eats sunny side oh, up eggs in my house. The yolk is cooked through like it's supposed to be. What was there? A, I mean, you uh, you have a lot of history going back in the region where you're from. Was there a point where your ancestors just had like all their taste buds scraped out and like we need to eat food as blandly as possible, and that's how I we're going to stick raised, to it in perpetuity? I was raised mostly for food to be cooked very well before I eat it. That is a <laughs> that is common to the cooking in this part of the country and I am sympathetic to it. And so that's, so no, I never saw anybody use their toast like a nacho chip to scoop up the salsa that is their raw egg yolk. I thought that was weird and strange and like kind of gross. Like I, why would you want like raw egg all over your toast? It makes it soggy instead of being crispy. And like, you really, so like you're obviously not gonna put like marmalade or peanut butter on your toast. Yeah, cause we're not, uh, cause we're not, cause we're, cause we're not 98 years old. So no, I, I just I strongly oppose this in all of its forms. You should eat the toast I, with a good topping and not pour disgusting kind of flavorless yolk, which is slimy all over it. Come on, yeah. people, talk sense. Jeez, uh, oh, I mean, just the talk of a good breakfast <laughs> uh, meal, <laughs> breakfast joint. I uh, get get get. I went getting, out to breakfast this morning. Getting me going right now. I honestly have no issue with however you want to treat your toast in this meal. There are multiple ways you can do the very common dip um you know yeah. and use it like that that is honestly though i'll agree with tim it's not my preferred although it's often seen and maybe i'll even do it with a bite or two people like to turn their eggs and bacon into their own little sandwich sometimes i don't mind that i'm weird though i guess i just like to you know a little butter jam i like to almost have my toast as like its own side yes. dish sometimes and not even mix it although i'm not afraid to get it in that yolk and, and sog it up or throw some bacon and egg and, and score a bite that way. So there's no wrong answers here. The only wrong answer is Tim claiming what someone else is doing is wrong and that he's never seen it before. I don't understand why people eat raw yolk to begin with. I don't understand it. It's runny. It's flavorless. You lose all of it on the plate. When it's over hard or hard boiled or scrambled, it's all cooked in there and you get to eat it. It's so wasteful. To have a runny yolk, I don't understand. I just don't understand it. Well, you, and you I know. No, you, 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 like, you, hold, hold on, you really missed out on the key point of the runny yolk because it actually has flavor. Once you just fry it, so it's hard. It has no flavor. I disagree completely. Well, do you I ever eat, do you ever eat runny yolk? I can't remember the last. So you have time no idea. It's not that I have no idea. I've you had you, it you see, you seemingly have no idea because you're wrong. Yes, I remember it being gross and slimy and flavorless. Well, uh, I mean, even going back to the last time we all did a Cuss Corner together, the people in a super, super, super majority totally agreed that your waffle cone take is insane, that your oh, inability to, to mix good things um, is so weird. And, and I think this kind of piggybacks on the insanity uh, of that, of allowing good things to join each other. No, I like excellent things on their own for the most part. I'm, I don't do a lot of the, you know, like you said, mixing of slushies or the, I mean, yogurt. Cereals. Pardon me? Cereals. Well, yeah, but that's, it, I think that's really strange to mix your raisin bran and your special K. Like that's, that's unusual. Well, I think, I think it's because people who are doing this aren't eating special K and raisin bran, pal. 
or whatever, or the Rice Krispies and the Raisin. No, but I've even done reason. Rice Krispies and Cheerios. I don't, I, I like think it can't be done. I just don't, if you want Cheerios, have Cheerios. If you want Rice Krispies, have Rice Krispies. Why, why, why okay, I, I gotta, I gotta food. ask you, why are all of your food takes the missionary position of food takes? <laughs> I don't need to have a Frankenstein's monster of food. Like when I was young, I don't do this anymore, but when I was young, I used to eat all of one thing, then all the next, then all the next, then all the next on my plate. The thing I liked least on the plate up to the thing I liked most on the plate. So I eat all the green beans, and then all the carrots, and then all the potatoes, and then all the meat. And I don't do that anymore. But every now and then I slip back into that habit. I had to break myself of that habit. So I just the UFC I, I, card. I, I don't like... even like it when my food touches on the on the plate. To be honest with you, if I can avoid it. Sometimes you can't avoid it, but I don't like even my food touching. The only, the You're only like thing my that... children, you need one of those plates that have like the little dividers in them. Yes, that, that would that... be great. Hold that's on, hold on. Hungry men are great. Yeah, is is that why you like hungry man dinner? It's it's a it's a definite point in its favors that all the foods are in their separate little compartments and nothing mixes and matches in ways that I don't want my cobbler to have any gravy on it. Oh boy! See, there are certain things that I don't want mixing, but there are th certain things that like. No, man, the mix is part of the jam. Like, let's go. Yeah, the only thing I can, like, actively think about where I don't like it mixing, because I, I don't like coleslaw, so sometimes you just get a dish, and I'll say no coleslaw, but they'll put coleslaw on it anyway. And it's always, like, a little bit runny, and then the, the coleslaw juice gets underneath my fries, and I just don't like coleslaw. Yeah. But if, if it was essentially anything else, I probably wouldn't have a problem with that. So I am pro. But like, I'm not going out of my way to dip my toast in my egg. I generally, with my toast, if I have, like, a meal like that, I'll you know cut up part of an egg, put it on uh, on the slice of toast, put a ba piece of bacon or a piece of ham, whatever I have, and then eat it that way. And then if the yolk is runny and it's on my plate, you know, then I'll basically just use the the toast as a piece of paper towel, scoop up the yolk, and eat it that way. I think that's the way that you want to go about it. But Jeff, I guess my question for you is, what is your go to go to like greasy spoon diner meal? See, it kind of depends because I, I mean. Man, like my favorite, like a breakfast buffet done right is just heaven to me because I can get everything and all those carbohydrate galore that I love. Like my wife makes great French toast, pancakes, waffles, uh, you know, so I love all that. But so I get a lot of that at home. And sometimes when I go out, maybe it's just the eggs and bacon. I don't know. I do it all. I love it all. Breakfast, my favorite meal. It's my favorite meal. I could go to IHOP at dinner anytime, like that sort of thing. In yeah, Canada, I, I think we great. call those like golden griddles. Um, but nonetheless, I, I, even as a kid, my mom would do, we would have like breakfast for dinner days and it would be like French toast or pancakes. And I freaking loved it. That's I loved bad. it. I, I am kind of out on, and it's weird because I mean, I don't mind. I'm not an advocate of chain restaurants like Tim is, but I find for breakfast, I would, I would prefer to find the hole in the wall, like two person running oh. it diner <laughs> over an IHOP or like these places that you're talking about. Yeah. I, Cause I, I think a part of the breakfast experience is sort of the wait staff being there with you. Like everyone's kind of hung over in the entire place. They're just bringing coffee around the entire time. The service at those places is at a higher quality on a personalized level yes no i totally agree i just mean like the places like that that i do frequent pat they're closed by dinner so i was just making oh. like if i even had to eat that at dinner i would be down you are 100 right it, it's literally a tragedy me and like my boys my sunday crew football we piled like the place got demolished for condos you know fucking toronto works man 
what a hole in the wall. Even the lit, the little server, she would, she loved us. She would rub our backs as she took our order, like seeing us march in. She had a crush on a few of us and certainly not me, but she, oh my God, she'd even talk her sweet little nothing dirty thoughts. Oh, we miss you, Sandy. Oh, fry basket for life. Like it was, it was everything you could think of. Like it looked like it was the nut low, but it was goddamn goddamn delicious and it didn't look like it's been touched in 55 years before i throw it to tim for his go-to breakfast order at one of these places jeff i want you to try to guess what tim is going to say so think of like the worst thing you could order i'm going to guess that's what it is because i actually have no idea i don't know we would probably go to like some like place that can't do it properly and demand like a good eggs Benedict. Cause he's, you know, Tim too rich. Yeah. He go to McTee. He go to the single best breakfast place on earth, McDonald's and then order like eggs Benedict somehow. Yeah. I well, guess his favorite breakfast is just McDonald's during monopoly season. Look, I mean, the best breakfast I can get outside is a couple of EMMs and, uh, or <laughs> McDonald's pancakes. Yes. I mean, I'll admit that's what I would go to. If I had a choice, like if I were on death row and could only have breakfast as my final meal, I'd want a couple of egg McMuffins or McDonald's hotcakes. Yeah, that, that is true. And you think McDonald's is the best pancakes in the world, right? I don't think there's any better. I mean, there were some that were as good. I don't think there's any better. And now, but, hold on, but though. if I were to get, like, go to a breakfast place, I go for the sweeter stuff. I like French toast done up. I like waffles done up. I like hotcakes done up. Because uh, I can make bacon and eggs and toast and... Uh, home fries for the most part at home and no, those are can. good too don't no, you, can't. you cannot make those it's, i can but it's the fancier sort of sweeter stuff that i go for or like really uh high class oatmeal or music <laughs> i love that too high class oatmeal do you have do you have a grapefruit I, with you and you bring your custom grapefruit spoon with you i wish a uh, grapefruit is a great breakfast too but you don't really get that at uh, many greasy spoons but yeah like steel cut oats are amazing if they're done right with the right nuts and fruits and whatever. And you can sort of pour on the syrup or molasses to your heart's content. It's delicious. It's just, I'm in a weird place now because you made a comment that sort of always makes me come back with a rebuttal, but I feel like it's one of the meaner things I ever say to you, Tim. So I don't know that I want to say it, but I feel like I'm backed into a corner. Every time you claim that McDonald's pancakes are the best you've ever had, I feel no one who's ever loved you has made you pancakes. <laughs> like, mom and my grandmothers could make good pancakes, but I, I grew up every Sunday morning just about having those, uh, those hotcakes and sausage after church, and I just have a, a profound affinity for them, and uh, I will not be shaken from it. Can Again. I add on to this to, to okay. say, Tim, I had Chinese food last night. Nice. And I, and I would work a bite to get the noodles, the chicken, the beef, oh, no. and some rice. Oh, like, yeah. all of, like, I'm working oh, no. to get it into one bite. Oh, and no. you would think that, like, that's the way to do it. No, no, that, that's, no. that's absolutely the move. Because I had Chinese last week, too. I had some chow mein. I had some ginger beef and the chicken fried rice. And I just had a quick takeout. Yeah. Got, got it in the styrofoam. But I actually brought it home put it on a plate, just made a bed of rice, put on the ginger beef, put on the chow mein, just added some soy sauce, has some hot sauce, mix that shit up. Yeah, and just, then it's, a, each scoop is just a mystery, and it's fantastic. Yeah. what I like about Manchu yeah. Wok is I couldn't that they imagine have the dividers. 
eating them by themselves like that's cereal that's like psychopath no when i eat my chinese i'll eat basically my rice then i'll eat the chow mein or whatever and then i'll eat the chicken balls or i'll or i'll alternate between like okay i'll have a chicken ball then some ginger beef then another chicken ball then some ginger beef that's more normal but i'm trying i'm not combining on the same chopsticks like six or seven different flavors i again i don't need my mouth to be filled with all the delicious flavors possible i, I don't need that i'm a, i guess i'm a grown-up uh, I, oh I yes one yeah, yeah, very, yes with, with your separated foods like how children have to eat you're very adult tim you're tim adult and your egg mcmuffins <laughs> so anyway i want to throw out mine i, I if like you were trying to create like a combo plate so like hash browns have to be a part of that Toast and or pancakes, I feel, has to be a part of your, like, greasy breakfast. When you go with the meats, so we'll say, like, two to three eggs, however style that you want them, over hard, nut low in terms of egg rankings. What meats are you going with, Jeff? Like, can you eat ham? That That's, that's fine for yeah. you, right? Yeah, I can. That's not, like, a thing. But I'm more of, like, a bacon guy. Like, yeah. I would get bacon, bacon over ham. Bacon is, I mean, from, like, just from a pig. You can eat bacon, right? Yeah, yeah, I eat that. We eat that. I'll put it on my cheeseburgers. Yeah, we're not. I didn't grow up in one of those like, I don't know, because I know people who aren't like hardcore religious who still won't have bacon. But I'm I'm pretty. Um, yeah, we're chill. Like my parents would eat it. Wouldn't so much make it in the house, though. I'll admit that. Don't have any memories of like my mom cooking up bacon. But if we went out for breakfast, you'd get like a plate of bacon for the table or yeah, whatever. Sure. Tim, did you have a problem that he put bacon on his cheeseburger? Well, just no cheeseburgers are not kosher either. You don't mix milk and meat. Yeah, I do that, except like the only thing I won't do is, or like we don't do, is like drink milk. Okay. Like I won't have milk with like a cheeseburger and fries. Okay. Well, to be fair, but, I don't like know I'm not like that's yeah, actually so gross. Would you have a here. milkshake with them? Why are you drinking maybe after? Yeah, what, what, you, you're just sitting there with a milkshake as like a as a cup with your meal. Like, I mean, if you're that's gonna, very common, very common. Oh, really? It's super common. People Less go so pe- now than it used to be. Pe- people go but, out. People go out and have sit down, have a meal, and they're like, you know what I need with this? A milkshake. It feels like a dessert. Traditionally, that feels traditionally, like a dessert. McDonald's will serve milkshakes. No, a lot of traditional and, diners. And yeah, might do if, it. And- yeah, but how many people do you actually see do this? That isn't 1958. Not I've seen many, a couple stoner buddies upsize their soft drink to a milkshake at Duke's. You do see it on the odd occasion. I agree yeah, with you, it's mostly a dessert, but I mean, there are places wherein one might get a milkshake with their, their burger and fries. Also, anyway, okay. also, milk with a meal as a drink is designed for two types of people. One, children, and B, people who live on farms. That's it. Like, yeah, the, I don't who the hell is drinking milk. milk with a meal? Yeah, I don't know, me. but that's like a. Th- I don't know. I'm not, as a Jew. I that's something I I've only seen in like movies or so. I don't even know. Well, don't, don't worry. Us Protestants aren't doing that. that either. Yeah, that, I I just find that really strange. My old roommate Eric used to do that. He used to have milk with a meal. I was like, where in like the middle of nowhere are you from? And it turned like out a was. big steak with a nice cold glass, glass of milk. Of milk. <laughs> <laughs> Like, all right, that's kind of strange. So you would have bacon as your number one side meat for a breakfast meal, like over sausage, like Link sausage. Yeah, uh, but I think that's just more of like I didn't really have. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, bacon done, um, not burnt like Tim, like a little crunch, a little soft. I don't know. Yeah. 
So I, I've come around to this realization. Maybe this is a me specific thing because I don't like burnt bacon and you don't normally get burnt bacon when you go to a restaurant. I find the bacon at restaurants is terrible. If I was going to yeah. eat bacon, I would actually want to cook it at my house because I can get it to, like, I like it to be not like super soggy, but I also don't like it like crispy at the same time. I like that in between. It just feels like, yeah. although they don't, eat, have you ever made bacon in the microwave before and it's like just horrible? It's like spongy and rubbery. Yeah. That's how it kind yeah. of always tastes at restaurants. So I instead opt for pea meal bacon whenever possible. I think Americans call it Canadian bacon, which is weird because Canadians don't call it that. Uh, I prefer that or like the slice of ham over the bacon at a greasy spoon diner. I would prefer the bacon at my house if I was going to cook it, but going out, I think those would be my two preferences. I'm going with the sausages, the little breakfast sausages. I think those are delicious. And I never make those at home and never get those at home. So that to me is a going out for breakfast uh, uh, side meal or meat, sorry. So I'm going with the little breakfast sausages. There's a place in St. Lawrence Market here in Toronto that oh, yeah. like makes like a world famous like female bacon sandwich and oh it's top notch. My my father-in-law my, whenever my father-in-law would visit that would be like the first thing he would do or my yeah, wife would go yeah. go down to St. Lawrence Market get one yep. for him to have it waiting for when he showed up. Yeah, that's that's uh that's the I move. never grew up eating much Canadian bacon. So like it's fine, but I don't love it. It's like the egg McMuffins with the slice of ham on them. Like they're the worst of the three. Yeah, but you didn't grow up eating it, which means you probably haven't had it in 25 years. No, I've had it on at the odd occasion at a breakfast buffet or going out. Like I'm not opposed to it. I just don't have any affinity for it. It's like that's ah, fine. I certainly wouldn't reject it. But I, I'd want to put something on that to give it a little bit of flavor. I, I don't find the risk flavorful. Oh. If if we lost like that, that great breakfast, but like I like, I think Chinese food buffets are kind of like nut low. Um, a lot of buffets can be nut low, but like at a good place that's putting on a breakfast buffet. Oh my god, that Especially might be my making favorite good meal in the world. If there's an omelet station, that's that's key. All of it, everything. When I say breakfast buffet, I mean the works. There's even that little cart with pastries like croissants and powdered donut. Wherever Cereal. I could just die a carbohydrate death at my favorite at a breakfast buffet. The one at Caesars, it might be is that might be the best in the world or the best I've ever experienced. I liked the Luxor in Vegas when I went to a buffet. The Luxor was the best. How many buffets did you go to in Vegas? Three. So it was the Luxor, the what and what? It was Luxor first. It was where we stayed, the Mirage second, and it was Caesar's third. And I loved them all. And I wasn't against any of them. And I thought they were fantastic. And the Mirage had the best coffee I ever drank in my entire life. It was like, I it was it was like the coffee that I think that Quentin Tarantino's character is drinking in Pulp Fiction is so good. That's how good it was. Okay. Do you wish you got into Bitcoin sooner? I know I do. BlockFi has the world's first Bitcoin rewards credit card, so you can earn Bitcoin on all qualifying purchases. Introducing the BlockFi Rewards Visa Signature Card. It's the easiest way to get Bitcoin by just making everyday purchases. Grow your Bitcoin portfolio when you buy groceries, pay your bills, fill up at the gas station, or whatever it is that you spend money on. You can earn 1.5% back in Bitcoin on all qualifying purchases with no rewards limit. Plus, there's no annual fee and no foreign transaction fees, just Bitcoin earned on every single qualifying purchase. 
Now's the time to start to ramp up your Bitcoin portfolio. Bitcoin saw a 230% annualized return in 2020. In fact, Bitcoin was the best performing asset of the last decade, outperforming the NASDAQ 100 by 10 times according to Yahoo Finance. BlockFi is a leader in crypto and was named to Forbes' FinTech 50 list in 2021. Right now, our listeners can get a bonus of $25 in crypto after you make your first purchase with the credit card when you sign up at BlockFi.com slash Mayo. That's $25 in bonus crypto deposited right into your account after you make your first purchase, but you have to use my code and URL BlockFi.com slash Mayo. That's B-L-O-C-K-F-I.com slash Mayo. Start earning Bitcoin back on all your qualifying purchases today. BlockFi.com slash Mayo. Not all will be eligible. Geographic, regulatory, and underwritten restrictions apply. Fees and terms are subject to change. Additional terms of service at BlockFi.com. BlockFi is a financial technology company. Banking services provided by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. What topic do you have next, Tim? I don't want to, because we have some rankings that we probably need to get to. But do you have any standalone topics? Yeah, I have one standalone. To- well, I have more than one, but I have a good standalone talk before we get into some ranks for the people. I was at the store, the grocery store on Friday, and I noticed that at the store, all the Halloween candy was out already. And I don't understand in August why there is like a complete aisle now set up with Halloween candy. Nobody on earth is buying their candy for trick-or-treaters in the middle of August. Can I, not can, done. Can I throw a flag so, on this right away? Go ahead. So here's the thing. Maybe it's not people stocking up on the candy for trick-or-treating. Maybe it is a marketing ploy by the candy company to package all these mini candies together in a spot that is just very noticeable inside of a supermarket, and then people will just buy them and eat them anyway. So Can I, I bought- throw another flag? Yep. Because I also, is it like distinctly Halloween? Yes. Because I've seen this, Tim, at a store I went to, and it then it sort of hit me with more of like a back-to-school thing and like for lunches and with like some back-to-school supplies no. so i don't know i i, oh, I don't know maybe it's more like a back to school had the black hat on it which i had to buy because i thought it looked cool so you but bought like it so the, it worked. so what you're saying is that it worked okay but like then there was also like the smarties were called scaries again and like the tombstones for the reese's peanut butter things were out plus all the boxes of the assorted bars and the and the molasses kisses like it was all out and i was like why is it like who's buying a box of 120 chocolate bars you. for treaters you know i don't know in August, I, I I don't get the meant like where is how many people are doing it? Yeah, but don't you just people- why are you complaining instead of seeing it as a chance to get discounted raisins? Like, oh, well, they're not discounted yet. It's too early for discounts. No, but, but I mean I, the ball. Yeah. Why is it out yet? Why I don't understand. I, I'm obviously these people know their market share and understand that people are buying it. But who is buying a box of thirty bags of cheesies in the middle of August mm-hmm. for Halloween? I, I'm sorry, I don't understand it. Don't most people buy their Halloween candy the week before Halloween for people? Well, if that's the only time that you can go out and get it. I mean, the the idea to this would be some people are like, oh, I'll stock up right now. Then they'll eat it all. Then they'll have to go buy more. That would be the reasoning behind it. And well, little well, bags of cheesies. They're good for your kid's lunch at school. 
I don't know. I still think there's like a back to school connection in, in this and in the little snack size, lunch size treats. Yeah, they probably just didn't want to have to rebrand everything. They had everything ready to go for Halloween. They're like, wow, we can just save a bunch of money and just continue to brand it Halloween. Who cares? Because most people are sane and aren't like triggered by this. And Tim's oh, only upset that it. he's got to stare at this stuff till November 1st or October 31st at 9 p.m. before it goes on sale where he'll actually, although he's already buying it, he just said. So there. I bought one bar because it had a cat on it. And I thought it was cool. <laughs> what the fuck? I did. It was, this, it was a Kit Kat bar with a black cat. And I was like, oh, it's even got the Halloween thing on it. That's cool. Ah, the hell with it. It's just one little bar. I'll pick it up. And how'd you eat it? Like a normal person. I just took bites out of it. <laughs> And it was, it was no different than the other Kit Kat. It really was just, I only bought it for the marketing. So I guess I am the mark. I am the person who saw that and went, oh, I should have that and bought it. So I guess. <laughs> and I then you ranted here about it. But I just don't understand who's buying the big boxes of stuff. It just seems everyone sees them this time of year, like laughs, goes, ha, 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 it's out already. And who are the people stocking up? I, I just don't, I don't get it. Fat people? <laughs> well, okay. But I mean, I, I just, obviously. Okay. So this time it. you bought one bar? Yes. Next time will be a bag. And the no, time after no. that'll be a box, pal. No, I can't be one of those people. Why? Well, just, there's no need for me to be buying a bunch of Halloween candy in August. Yeah, what if it was just called candy and it was in a bag? Would you then buy it? No, I don't think I would. But like, I just, it seemed weird to me. For, and it's, look, I want summer to be over as much as anybody else, but we're not there yet. And it just seemed really early. I think yeah. that was strange. It was um, it was mildly humid and kind of hot here on the weekend, Jeff. And oh. we asked, uh, we were going out on Saturday night for some drinks. We were going to go to the casino. And we asked him to come out. And he said that he couldn't come out. He has, he has things to do in the morning. And then it was like, we're going out at like 8 o'clock. Like, you can come out and go home and still be home in plenty of time to get some rest and go to bed. Like, you don't need to come out and get wasted with us. And it turns out that the day took too much out of him because it was too hot and he couldn't come out. I was burned out and i had been out the day before when it was in the 30s with the humidity of almost 39 and no wind like jeff will will will, will attest this is not the weather for people like him and i we don't no, thrive it wouldn't stop me at nighttime you're no you sound more like my mother-in-law like the day is just you've done too much like without the heat all day and i was tired okay that's fair and I knew I had to be out in the heat the you're next day. You're allowed week. to make that decision, but your friends are also allowed to make fun of you for it. Well, if they were making fun, if they didn't make fun of that, they would find just something else to make fun of. So, well, there's an overflow of things that you tend to mention on a day-to-day -day basis, which would allow for that. If you say so, like when you like when we went for breakfast and you got steel oats and then freaked out that someone was dipping toast in egg yolk. <laughs> yeah, all of that bothered me. Still bothers me. <laughs> So strange. All right, you want to get to some of these rankings? Rankings or the driver imbroglio? The what? The driver imbroglio. No, we're going to do that on a different show. As I told you before, oh, 10 seconds before we started the show, Jeff, what did I say? I'm we sorry. were going to save that and we were going to have him on at the uh, do something for, in the golf show. Then yes. that's what we'll do. What do you want to eat tonight? Maybe you want some home-cooked favorites, but don't feel like going to the store. Or you want something exciting and new, but it would be great to stay in tonight. DoorDash connects you with everything you want, whenever and however you want it. Get what you want to eat right now, right to your door with DoorDash. 
Along with the restaurants you love, you can now get groceries and other essential items delivered with DoorDash. Get drinks, snacks, and other household items in under an hour. Craving late-night ice cream? Who wouldn't? Forget that one key ingredient for dinner? I do this all the time. Or maybe you just need to stock up for the week with DoorDash. Get everything in one app. With over 300,000 partners, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, or Cheesecake Factory. Ordering is easy, and your items will be left safely outside your door when you choose contactless delivery drop-off. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code MAYO. That's 25% off, up to $10 value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code MAYO. Don't forget, that's code MAYO for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. Okay, so I've got rankings here. So because we we have a show that responds to the people and go back and give that show five stars and a comment on the iTunes, we appreciate that. Apple Podcasts, iTunes doesn't exist anymore. Whatever, there you go. Give it the five stars and give it the comment. Uh, we solicited a couple of things from the people. We got a couple of really, really good ideas. And look, you know, not only do we do this show, we do like a little mini between the two and five o'clock games during the football show every single week. So don't be afraid to keep sending in ideas and suggestions because if they're good, we'll roll with them. And so I have got here two, two lists. One, somebody asked me to rank the best food mascots in the world. I've done that. And somebody asked to rank the best fruits when they're ripe. And I've done that. So we can take them in any order that you'd like. Jeff, do you have any specific leans on this? Do you want to do mascots or do you want to do fruit? If we're good, I mean, listen, I can't offer much in a fruit discussion. Look at me. Um, But I'm game for whatever one you want to do. I'm very keen to find out how mascots breaks down, though. Let's do the food mascots then, Tim. Give us your list of food mascots. Okay, I will start from number 10 and work up. So number 10 is the aforementioned Julius Pringles. He's great. He's cool. Again, and this ranking for best food mascots, I should note, is about coolness. That's the criteria. Now, you might say that's a bit subjective, and sure it is. But also, at the same time, we all sort of know coolness when we see it. Also, I have excluded from the list real people who are the mascots. So example, Colonel Sanders is not on the list. Wendy from Wendy's is not on the list. Uh, Chef Boyardee is not on the list because these are real people. Even is though they're little all... Debbie a real person? I don't know, but she didn't make the list. Probably, but she didn't make the list. It's not very cool anyway. So number 10, Julius Pringle. Number nine, the yellow M&M. I despise the red M&M. He's a smart mouth. But the yellow M&M is cool and funny and kind of goofy. And like, I can relate with him. And he's, I think J.K. Simmons does his voice. Uh, it's a it's a great, great character. I'm a big fan of the yellow m M&M. Number eight, it's a bit of a cheat, but I'm taking both the polar bears and Santa Claus from Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola invented the modern Santa Claus as we know him and put polar bears on the map for Christmas time. So the Christmas polar bears and Santa Claus from Coca-Cola are number eight. Well, hold on. Then there's a gap. Now, isn't Santa Claus a real person like you thought until you were 12? <laughs> 
No, although I did believe in Santa Claus till I was 12. I will admit that. <laughs> I will stipulate I was one of the late ones to not believe. It's based on St. Nicholas, who was a Turkish bishop in the fourth century. He doesn't look anything, wouldn't have looked anything like the modern Coca-Cola Santa Claus. So I don't think we can, I think we, we, can, we can say that's not a real person in that sense. Uh, so there's a gap after that. Number seven is the Jolly Green Giant. Growing up, I always loved Jolly Green Giant vegetables. Like I got excited if I knew we were having green beans or whatever that had the Jolly Green Giant on it. I really liked those. And so like he always seemed really cool. You know, he's tall, he advertises good foods. Again, coolness is the name of the game here. Jolly Green Giant is number seven. Number six is Chester Cheetah. Again, he is mischievous. He wears those really neat sunglasses. Uh, he's just awesome. And so Chester Cheetah makes anybody's list if they're sensible. That's too high or too number, low, I mean. Number five is Grimace. <laughs> I love Grimace. When he you... represents the takes at McDonald's. Uh, he's a very recognizable character. Again, he doesn't need to wear a bunch of clothes and have a bunch of catchphrases for people to find him cool. He doesn't say anything. He just is. And he's distinctive and everybody recognizes him. And again, I think he's the coolest of the McDonald people. And do, then there's another gap. Do you see a lot of yourself in Grimace? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't see a lot of myself in Grimace. I just when I wear a lot of purple, I've been known to be called Grimace. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Next, Captain Crunch. I love Captain Crunch. I love the hat that he wears. I love the outfit that he has on. It's a very distinctive serial wear. I love Captain Crunch. And uh, so he's the next. Can I, Number, what does distinctive serial wear mean? Like when you walk by on the cereal aisle, there's a couple of people who are noticeable, like Count Chocula or the Tricks Buddy, but Captain Crunch stands out. It's a big red box. You see him with his big blue hat on. He's just like, you can tell that he's captaining a vessel that you can trust. I like Captain Crunch. Number three is Tony the Tiger. Tony the Tiger is great, as are Frosted Flakes. Big fan, big fan of Tony the Tiger. Number two, and I think this will be my most controversial one, but I believe this in my heart. Number two is the Helping Hand. Now that's the character from Hamburger Helper. He's the little white glove that smiles and, and waves at you on the Hamburger Helper box. I don't know how many times if I've mentioned on this show, but Hamburger Helper is one of my all-time favorite meals. Oh, all time. I grew up. But every time I have Hamburger Helper, I feel like I'm a nine-year-old at my grandmother's place watching TV on a Saturday evening. I just, I just connect Hamburger Helper with warm memories. It's delicious. It's fantastic. Now, I bet you if you looked on the side of the box that Hamburger Helper probably isn't the world's healthiest food. I, I would have to stipulate that but the cheesiness and the noodles and the hamburger. And you've got this really, really cool. And I mean this, like a cool little glove waving hello at you on the box who's helping you make dinner. Uh, I just love the helping hand. So he's number I two. never have I've had that one time. I asked my mom for it and she looked like there was no effing way. Oh, it's great, Jeff. Make that stuff. You should pick it up sometime and make it. It is fantastic. It is like fantastic. It is pretty disgusting after you learn how to actually cook ground beef. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And then number one, and who could debate this? 
the most cool character in all of food characters is Mr. Peanut. He's dead. He's back now, as you notice, he's still on all the, I mean, and the thing is, he's so cool that most people know Mr. Peanut. They don't even know that he works for planters. They just know him as Mr. Peanut, right? Like, I bet you there's a ton of people. I mean, he's one of the most recognizable characters in the world, but how many people know that he works for planters uh, as the company? A lot fewer. That's just how cool he is, that he transcends the brand itself. And is he's just the, he's the epitome of coolness with his top hat and his stick and his monocle. He is everything that coolness could be, I think. And so, Mr. Peanut, you're number one. So the, the official list that you have from one down to 10, Mr. Peanut, the helping hand from Hamburger Helper, Tony the Tiger, Captain Crunch, Grimace, your doppelganger, yep. Chester Cheetah, Jolly Green Giant, the Polar Bear and Santa Claus from Coke, the yellow M&M, but not that smart mouth red M&M, according to you, and the Pringles yes. guy, Julius Pringle. So there's some pretty glaring omissions from this list, I think, Jeff. Who's, D- I mean, who's DFL? Who's the worst? Because you always put that in. The absolute worst, without a question in my mind, is the Trix Rabbit. I despise that rabbit. Why? Because he is just a troublemaker. And, like, tricks are also not good either. But they're for kids, and you eat like a kid. They should be, like, your favorite no. thing in the world. So I think Trix is, is totally the worst mascot. Or Ronald McDonald. He's the other one. I do not like Ronald McDonald whatsoever. You afraid of clowns? You didn't have Toucan Sam? Eh, he's okay. The Lucky Charms? Again, fine. But Snap, I only Crackle, really like... or Pop? I once dressed up as Snap for Halloween. Many, many, many. Whatever one is the chef. Uh, I dressed up as him. Maybe they're all chefs. Maybe I don't know which one I was. I have to anyway. say I have one clear objection Go ahead. to this list. Uh, Chester Cheeto is clearly like a T3 mascot if it's on the basis of cool, man. He's I the mean, coolest. Listen, he's incredibly he's so cool. much cooler than Mr. Peanut. Oh, he no. Might let's not say class. He might have less class, but he's way cooler. He was skipping school. This Tony the Tiger, that's way too much good guy culture. Okay? Do your best. Bah. Give me more Chester. I'm, I think there are some, like, pretty big ones. Like, you didn't have Poppin' Fresh? Woohoo! Like, where's Poppin' Fresh? He's Great not point. on the list, but, I mean, I, I'm not against him. All right, what about the Kool-Aid man? He's pretty cool. Cool's he in has, his name. Uh, Popsicle uh, Pete. I, he sort of got taken over by Family Guy as a character and then sort of lost his pizzazz. Like, he sort of became too, big, too much of a big-time guy. And so, I don't know. I, I know that sounds crazy, but, like, I don't know. The Kool-Aid man is sort of, like, it's been overdone. Hold on. It doesn't sound crazy. It is crazy. That's the distinction you need to make there. Okay. But anyway, no, I don't like... I, I'm not against the Kool-Aid man, but uh, I, he wasn't making the list. The Honey Nut Cheerio Bee? Eh. I just think of Jerry Seinfeld from Bees when I see him. Or the Bee movie, I guess it was called. That's where your mind goes? That's where my mind goes. I, don't, I never loved Honey Nut Cheerios either. I like the plain Cheerios. Of course you did. What about the the lady from the the raisin box, the little raisin box? Is she a mascot or is she a real person? I don't know. I think it's a mascot. Let's let me. Look. And the A and W bear doesn't. Crack oh, you know what? 10? The A and W bear could have made the list. He definitely belongs close there. I I don't know how many people even know who he is. <laughs> but Northeast yeah, folk, bear, I think no. If there was an honorable mention, like he is definitely an honorable mention. <laughs> 
Okay, there there are two that stand out in my mind that I just assumed that you overlooked or forgot about because they seem right up your alley. One is the owl from Tootsie Pops or Tootsie Rolls, whatever those ones are. It didn't even occur to me, to be honest with you. I don't know how cool he is. He's an owl. He's like an old man. That's like your demographic of cool. You think that Mr. Well, Peanut yeah. is the coolest character? Well, that's because he is. Who could dispute it? Everyone? No. What was the other one? The Keebler Elves from Chips Ahoy Cookies? They're fine, too. But again, I wouldn't take them over any of these guys. Like, would you take him over Captain Crunch? I don't think so. I think so. What? I mean, I would take Count Chocula over Captain Crunch. Maybe even Toucan Sam. No. Do you agree with me on the yellow M&M? Yeah, I don't really care about the M&Ms. I, I couldn't tell you which one's which. The yellow one is the peanut. He talks like this. You'd be surprised hey, how... how, how... Like this. He's like a wise guy, like Joe Pesci. That's your Joe Pesci impression? And I, you don't think it's a good impression? I have a good impression. Keep 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 going for it. Keep 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 doing no, your Joe I... Pesci. This is my Joe Pesci. Did you ever see that movie where I was defending those kids that got murdered? Uh, my Cousin Vinny. Yeah, that's the name of the movie. That was a good movie. Remember the judge from the Munsters? He was the judge. I showed up in that suit. I think that you need to do a Joe Pesci line reading right now from Goodfellas. <laughs> I don't have a script in front of me. But no, it, clearly you don't think it's very good. You're trying to mock me with it. So, uh, What about the California Raisins? Good one. Good one, Pat. They're not cool. mascots. They're their They're pretty cool. television show. They're... And I loved the California Raisins. Yeah, they were kids. so I cool. Didn't... They got their own TV show. And live-action claymation movie. There you go. Which I watched a million times with that carrot, who was their manager. And they went to Hollywood. But they, could, they weren't good enough to make your list because they're too big time, is what you're saying? Honestly, they're too big time. They're too much of a big deal. They're not really mascots anymore. They're above and beyond mascots. It's like saying, oh, well, Snoopy is the mascot for MetLife. Well, yeah, sure, but Snoopy is so much bigger than that. Yeah, but Snoopy wasn't... That but, but, but Snoopy was co-opted as the mascot for MetLife. He started as Snoopy. The California Raisin started as a mascot. I mean, I think you make a strong case, but I think the California Raisins are just too big. Plus, you have to take all of them. Sure. I mean, you get four for the price. I mean, you put in a polar bear and Santa Claus as one. Well, those guys are cool. Those and Pillsbury really Doughboy cool. doesn't get in there? He's debatable. This is this is all over the place. All right. What is... Oh, I had one for you. Because this has come up because of... Uh, you know, a lot of people, Jeff, if you haven't realized, are working from home these days. And whether or not they're going back to the office is kind of up for debate. Some companies are saying, yeah, you don't need to come back in or you come back in once a week. But Tim, did you know that a lot of people now working from home because there is a, not a lot of people, but there are people out here doing this, that instead of working really hard at their job, they're doing the absolute minimum at their virtual job, but also getting a second job and doing that also pretty mediocre. So they're just working eight hours a day, but they're doing two jobs in, you know, baseline amount of work that you can do, but making double their income. Smart move or a bad move? Well, I mean, depends what you mean by smart. Like, is it economically smart? I suppose. Is it ethical? No. Why not? You're doing two jobs. But if you're not really giving your all to one of your jobs, but instead sort of doing nothing with both, I don't know. It just, 
that that strikes me the wrong way. What you should do, you should do well. But they're doing it well enough not to get fired. I guess. I mean, I, I feel like that's there's not a lot of integrity in that. But economically, it you know works out for you. So I mean, I'm I'm not going to stand here and cast judgment. I'm going to say I could not do that, and I wouldn't be comfortable with doing that. But you know, to each his own. What do you think, Jeff? Do you, I think that's a move that if I worked a job I didn't really like all that much, I would definitely do this. Yeah, of course. It all goes to that. It, uh, you know, if you feel like you're being overworked and underpaid by a boss who's an asshole, um, which could probably be the majority of people, I don't know. Um, yeah, I have no idea. You're at home. So your side hustle, you have your job and you have this side hustle that you have more access you know, you have more access to if you're like, I don't know, selling, making something and selling it from home, you could be doing the packaging while you're like on a call with the, the boss. I have no idea. So I, I don't really see anything wrong with it. If you want to have extreme career advancement in that in your main job, maybe that would be different. But I think that's all relative. I think someone doing this should be aware of how observant their boss is. Uh, maybe they have sort of programs like keeping up on the output now that you're away. Or if you just meet your overall output, like who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? So overall, I, I'm, I'm in favor of, of, of being able to use that time better with your side hustle while still getting your work done. Uh, and if you, know, if you feel like you want to give that boss the bare minimum, then whatever. But if yeah. you were the boss, Jeff, how would you feel? I would try to hire uh, hiring people's hard. And that's why the boss is like, I got to fire this person because he's doing a little less. Like, then I got to train someone. I got to find someone. So as the employee, you know, you know, you're putting your boss in an awkward spot, but you also know, you know, you've really got to screw up for your boss to probably fire you because logistically it's not that easy to replace you. Although, granted, we're all pretty effing replaceable, I assume. But well, it you know what I mean. well, I mean, it comes down to that. Plus, it costs a lot of money to hire a new person. But the whole gist behind it would be that the boss would actually never know. You do yes. the minimums that you have to do, and it looks like you're just doing the regular work that you do. Like, Tim, out of an eight-hour day, how much would you say you really work? Are you like Peter Gibbons and like, yeah, in the course of a week, I might put in 15 minutes of actual true work? No, I work. I, I work the time that I'm supposed to work because I think that's the right thing to do. Uh, but that's me. I'm not, I'm not telling anybody else what they need to be doing. But I live by the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If I had an employee, I'd want them to be working for the hours for which they were being remunerated. Therefore, I work for the hours that I'm being remunerated. That's how I feel. But everybody is different. I say, I'm not going to cast judgment. I'm just saying for my own position how I would act. As someone who does a lot of hiring and that kind of thing, I am just very pro people getting the job done. That's why I don't pay per hour. I pay per job. And I You're, go ahead. You are also probably in a position now where you are benefiting from their ability to be home and do a side gig. Oh, 100%. Like you, 100%. Like you're the guy coming in on the other end, taking advantage of the person giving them that bi-weekly resource that lets them pay a mortgage, you know, let's just say, or, or hypothetically. Um, you, so you're taking advantage of the new climate by being able to get skilled people 
who would never have the time maybe to do that work for you, but they're now home all day and you can compensate them at a number they think is fair and put off their main job to do work for you. So you're the benefactor in all of this, I assume. Oh, 100%. That's most definitely the case. And that's why I can pay for jobs. Like, hey, if you can do this in an hour, do it in an hour. If it takes you three hours, it's still the same pay. Just get it done and get it done properly. But I think that's the whole thing. If you're still doing one of your jobs to the minimum standard, and no one notices that you're not, like, quote-unquote, doing your job. If Because there's a lot of people that if they work an eight-hour shift, they can actually get everything done in an hour and a half. And, like, when you're at the office, you just sit there doing nothing. Chatting, distracting people, that whole deal, just to make it look like you're working. Like, remember we used to work at Fantasy, and people used to have to stick around till like, 5? It's like, no, well, like, you'd be done at, like, 2.30. Like, you would actually be done work at 2.30, but then you just had to stay around for another two and a half hours. Like, that's ludicrous. Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. And then imagine how much work you get done, Pat, if you don't want to work two days to go golfing. Like, do you know what I mean? Like how much work you could, like, I'm just going to get tomorrow's work done and it doesn't take you eight, like tomorrow's worth of time to get that um, work done. Again, to piggyback on what I just said, you know this probably more than anybody firsthand because you are having conversations with people as you are discussing with them their ability to do something for you and they probably even make a joke with you yeah like my boss doesn't even know i'm doing this or ha 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 you know whatever i I will clearly state that none of the employees of mayo media network have ever said that to me whatsoever uh, (laughs) yeah no i just mean like you are you are in the midst of being able like you are having conversations with all these people and sort of getting that lay of the land on how they are balancing their work life in this new climate with um, the ability to make content or a lot of people able to do things um, from, from home. Well, Tim, know, well Tim, cards or something. Who knows? Yeah. Tim, well, Tim, you work from home and you would seem like you would be a big advocate of people working in the office. Cause that's how offices work. Damn it. That's generally your stance, but you've experienced the working from home at this point. So are you pro working from home or do you think that people should go back to offices? I'm pro a hybrid approach where you're in the office a couple of days a week and you work from home a couple of days a week where it's feasible. There are unquestionably benefits both to one's work and to one's socialization to have some interaction with people in group settings such as work. So to to, to remove that completely from a person and just sort of further further risk uh, isolation for people, I, I don't think is right. But forcing people to be in the office five days a week too, when their presence isn't really required five days a week and the facilities and the capabilities are there now to facilitate some work from home. I think a hybrid model is 100% the way of the future for most businesses. I think very, very, very few businesses will ever be full-time work from home. That's sort of asinine. But for forcing people to be in when they don't need to be in, like when their physical presence isn't actually required, five days a week. I think that those, those, those days are, are sort of the pandemic has sort of put, put those to the sword as well. So that, that's my opinion as to where this is going. And, and I say that's I, good. Go ahead, Jeff. I mean, I, I, I totally agree with Tim. Uh, I, I think I look forward to seeing how some of these bigger companies do this and we'll hear hybrid success stories that could be copycatted from big and small companies alike. If I owned a company I, I still think as much as you want all your great employees and you hope to keep the ones around and you can see via technology who's probably working, who's not, who's meeting their outputs, what have you. 
I don't think you can put a price on face-to-face accountability. A lot of times people like to send uncomfortable answers or questions and text instead of face-to-face. And I think if you own a company, you have the right to at times demand face-to-face accountability. And if it's a hybrid approach where people share desks and these days, these days, those people are there and they can have smaller spaces that are shared. Um, And even if it's just getting the gang together for, for lunch, as silly as that is, I I don't think in that setting uh, you can remove in a corporate setting, certain face-to-face accountability. I don't think you can lose that. I don't think that's beneficial. I agree because I actually hate working from home. It's one of my least favorite things. And now I've been doing it for like four straight months because even when the pandemic was down, like we still had our office and our office was so small and the job that we worked in, we could still go into our studio every single day. And maybe that's very specific to my job. uh, And maybe an office job is a little bit different that I feel like I have to go into a mode when I'm here recording versus like I can write at home. No problem. Like I have to do an article, do some research. That's fine. I can go into the other room and go do that. Or I can just sit on the couch and with my laptop on me, watch TV and do it at the same time. But when it comes to filming something, even editing stuff, because I found that my editing duties have, you know, I, I could have done more editing, put it that way over the last two and a half month to catch up on stuff, to bank some stuff. But I just never really have the drive to do it while I'm at home. When I'm at the office, I feel like, oh, I'm here to work and I'm going to put it in a lot like what Tim said. Like, you know, if you're working for eight hours, you're going to work for all those eight hours. I don't have sort of a, a definite amount of time that I have to work. But if I'm at work, then I'm going to be working because what would be the point of being there? I can just go home at that point. So I, I think that there is a distinction between And I think it's just all going to come down to personality. So that's why I think that you have to have sort of what Tim proposed, like the hybrid type thing where there are certain things that I do think you need to do in person, like building, like sales is really the weird one for me because I don't do sales. And most of the, I do add sales for this show and the network, but most of that is just purely through email. Like Jeff, you kind of go out and about and deal with customers, that kind of thing, potential buyers, like building those relationships is really key. Like I know a few people who are in sales that the only reason that they got the jobs that they did or they bring in the sales because they went and wined and dined people out of a fucking strip club that kind of thing like you can't do that over zoom yeah and i don't know i know people who are like in serious level like sales and ad buys and their whole life you know like wednesday through like thursday friday is pretty much um dinner and drinks and gets to go to so many games uh you know in in nice luxury suites all about all about sales. So I don't know how that sort of thing is going to change. I know a lot of it gets done on the golf course uh, as well with this person, but yeah, I'm not totally sure. There are a lot of things that do need that, that face-to-face approach or in some ways that salesman who's wine and dining, you might not be selling you the best stuff, but he's nice face-to-face and you get some more data-driven information that shows no i don't really need to be <coughs> wind and dined and that product wasn't working for me anyway i don't i don't really have a clue how sales are gonna work pat i will say that granted i don't think spending like an hour or two and a half hours each way commuting or total time commuting is healthy um but i do think there's a tremendous value and you could love your family to the moon and t- your kids any like it's not even like not liking the dynamic at home i think you gotta be able to get out of the house like to be 
home all day. I don't think that's healthy for, for anybody. I could be wrong. I think if people have permanently worked from home for a long time, well before COVID, I'm sure they have little strategies for maybe changing things up or, or, or like daily walks. I don't know. I, I going like the melancholy that that would create, I don't think would be healthy for me personally. No, I mean, look, people are also by their nature, social creatures by and large, right? Aristotle would have called a zoon politicon. Now, man is a political animal, he said. And he's right, not in the sense of like party politics, right? But in the sense of like, we get along with people and we negotiate, we make deals and we converse. And the meaning of that, our life, our telos, as he would have called it, the meaning of our life is sort of teased out through uh, good actions done all the time around people and completely to isolate oneself which was what full-time work from home would do, I think would have a profoundly negative effect on society as a whole. There are some people for whom the full-time work from home life works, has worked before the pandemic, will work after. Different people are called to different things. But there are some vocations or some avocations for which full-time work from home, even if it's possible, isn't desirable. That there is something to be said about the being able to bounce a question off a colleague and I have them immediately be able to bounce one back off you, not doing it through email or Teams or Skype, that is just profitable for the soul. And so I, I think that we, we're going to have some form of in-person work to stay in 95% of circumstances, but not full-time anymore. That may have changed forever. And like I said, maybe that's for the good. Well, we played golf with someone the other day who was mentioning that they had students that were coming in. And that being a student apprentice or working an internship at like a larger corporation, uh, this one was in the field of engineering, that like it's useless if they can't come into the office and actually ask questions because you have no idea what they're doing and they totally. don't know how to reach out and problem solve and that sort of thing. They're not actually learning anything by working from home in terms of being a student or being an intern. So it sucks for those guys. And totally. the biggest loser in that is sort of that go-getter, right? Like, I guess in some ways, like in a... Well, you know, yo, like that guy that loves kissing bait or like walk in the office, always schmoozing up to the boss. Like that guy must be hating himself in COVID, right? Like always wants to drop by the boss's office to say hi, all that sort of stuff. Like, you know, get recognized. It's probably, it's harder for that young employee to get recognized in this climate. Yeah, and like the the drop by to the boss if the boss is chatty because they always want to like it's the boss they can reschedule anything they want they're good with taking the ten minutes to go just chat with someone if like I said if they're a chatty person they're they're fine with that but getting like the only way to do that now is to send like follow up emails to stuff and no one likes the follow up email person like the too yeah, many no email one. person the worst person on earth <laughs> exactly so yeah yeah it's hard I don't know how you make a name I guess. You just got to kill it with output instead of, uh, yeah, I don't know. That sucks. Or the days of driven employee. Or the days of networking perhaps are over for a while and something new will have to replace networking in the traditional sense. And I don't know if we're ready for that. Well, a lot of the networking had just moved online anyway, whether it not be in person, whether it's through like shit sites like LinkedIn. Do you, Jeff, do you have a LinkedIn profile? Because I do. No. I, I never update it, and like LinkedIn just seems like the worst place on earth, like worse than Facebook. It is awful. It's awful, and it's also completely artificial, and it's mediated through the internet in a way that basically isn't networking anymore. Yeah, but that's no different than like a networking event, though. It's just a bunch of people lying about what they do. 
which I always hated. I hate networking events. I think that, yeah, there's a ton of BS being thrown around and uh, people trying to make themselves, a lot of puffery, trying to make oneself seem more important or meaningful than they are. And I, I don't enjoy those types of circumstances. I like genuine LinkedIn networking. LinkedIn is embarrassing. I'm lucky. I guess I haven't never needed it. Uh, uh, if it's worked for you and it's made an advancement for you, I guess congratulations. But it is like, uh, I don't know. It's a pathetic scene as far as I'm concerned. So and I, maybe I'm, I, I'm I, just so blessed that it's just, I don't need to be in that space. But that's just my take on it, fair so or not. I, I think that it depends on what it is. So, like, trade shows and conventions for things in your, like, specific industry, I think are fun because they're, they're network, quote-unquote, networking events. But yes, it's usually just, like, it's just usually, like, a party. And people are just getting out, going, getting hammered. You figure out, like, hey, which guys are kind of like me? Then you just meet people through that, maybe from other companies, and then maybe they can get you a job later on. Like, I understand that part. Like, when I go to the uh, the FSTA for fantasy, it's just a bunch of people who create content, some of the higher-ups in terms of people who do the hiring. Like, everyone kind of gets to know each other. I found that has worked out really well, both for me, and I think the people who go to that event, uh, that they find it's fun. Like, I mean, going to, like, the... The, the speeches i mean i don't go to them, but like people go and watch like the panels and shit like that i'm i'm just sleeping in my room I, i'm not really there for that i'm just kind of there to drink and hang out with people but i've also been on the other side of like i went to a young broadcasters networking event in toronto one time and it couldn't have been more awful jeff it seems pretty cringe like yeah i can yeah yeah it was more like hey people had like it was not like pre-digital, but pre-everything being digital. So people had like demo CDs that they were bringing out and like handing people demo CDs and business cards. I was like, oh boy, like I'm never going to look at these ever. But maybe people do. Maybe that just wasn't my vibe, but those things seem like they can go away forever. I got no comment on that. <laughs> Tim, have you been to a networking event? On more than one occasion and like a wallflower i didn't participate at all i stood on the on the wall had a drink looked at my watch and thought when can i get out of here i hate this all right well, let's go to something fun to get out of here <laughs> i asked him and i made one too jeff i i just sort of a master list what do you think that the best sitcom of the 90s was with the parameters being that only the episodes that aired in the 90s would be it so something like cheers well it ran in the 90s I think it only ran for one season in the 90s. So it wouldn't be, it's eligible for the list, but it's only one season of Cheers. Whereas something like Futurama started in 1999, but only had the one year of Futurama episodes. And I'm considering animated sitcoms as a part of this as well. But that's more like the 2000s in terms of sitcoms. So that would be the parameters that I would put in place for this. Do you have like a, a top five that just comes to your mind right away? Yes, but I wouldn't know exactly like the dating on it. Like, is Married with Children strictly in the '90s, or did that start it's in like '89 or something? It splits. It splits, but I would say that's a majority '90s show. I think from the runtime. Um. Yeah, like that has to be uh, in it for me. Uh jeez. Well, okay, Tim, do you have your list? Because I think that there's a pretty clear yes. top. Th three depending on how and one of them i don't i have a distinctively top three so i have a distinctive top three as well but it doesn't feature one that everyone would probably have at number one 
So no, dude, the we- one that I would have no, I would have that a DFL. I think the one you're thinking of that you don't have, I would have a DFL. I, I don't think that it's DFL. I, I think that's unfair. I just think that it's it's not my jam. I think it's watchable. Okay, well, let's let's play our cards on the table here and well, say like, that. Can Friends I say what might be number one then? Friends yeah. is DFL. Friends, Friends, isn't, is Friends isn't the worst show of the 90s, Tim. It's not. It's about just about the worst because it was so popular and it was so awful and I despised it. Friends is terrible. Save no, your time. Don't ever watch there, it. There is a difference. There, there, there is a difference between something being awful and something being overrated. Friends isn't awful. It's just overrated. It's fine. It's funny. Yeah, you, can tu- you can tune into it, have it on in the background. It's a lot like two and a half men. You can just have it on in the background. But it's not something that I would go out of my way. And actually, like season one of Friends is quite good when Chandler used to have cigs. That was all where awful. we were at. But I, it's, it's not awful. It's fine. It's not in my top five. But I think for the purposes of this, I know a lot of people love Friends. Uh, because the way that you talk about Friends is how people are going to talk about The Office in like five years. Well, let them. They don't know what they're talking about. But I mean, it, there it, are some it, people it's going, it, it's going to be the same thing. I don't think so because The Office is so popular on Netflix. It almost is sort of like the way Friends. That's are super what popular I'm saying. That's Netflix. why. I'm, that's what I'm saying. But people will love love The Office because it was unlike Friends, creative and interesting, and uh, you know, did humor in ways that wasn't just plain and boring. And uh, I don't know. I did not like Friends. I watched Friends like with like gir- like literally like is a different time. Like I literally you'd wa- like I'd watch it with girls I liked. Like to just sort of like do that. Like I did not like the show. It was not for me. I understood its popularity, but it never was must see TV for me not one not one time. Not one time. I would the agree fact that you. it's even debated against against like Seinfeld and like a lot of mainstream things, and maybe that's just so they can make an argument um, or like have a content piece thing, makes no sense to me either. They're like in different stratospheres. Yeah, but it, we're dealing with two completely different types of humor. I think the three of us, we're like obviously, we're all leaning Seinfeld. But I know a ton of people that don't like Seinfeld and love Friends. Like they don't find Seinfeld funny. They find it mean and isolating, which you know it is. But that's why I find it funny. It's like the same people, and they're the very same people who also don't like Curb. Well, that that would make sense. If you do not like Seinfeld, you would not like Curb. Yeah, you really these people wouldn't. like a regular guest? What's that? No, no, no. It's just like people I know in my life. <laughs> this is just a regular guest. Who would you think it was going to be? Let's move on. No, who do you think? <laughs> who do, oh, well, well, camera two, Drew is no longer a regular guest on this show, but he does. Uh, yeah, he does. Funny. He does love himself. Friends over Seinfeld in this regard. So my top three for the '90s sitcoms. I think it's a very clear three, and maybe we're different on this, Tim. Number one, it's like one A, one B, and then three. It's The Simpsons. It's Seinfeld, and it's Frasier. One, two, three. Okay, so we aren't the same. I have Fresh Prince at three. Frazier's better. I, have than I love Fresh Prince, but Frazier's better than Fresh Prince. And I have Frazier at four. Okay, so that is where we differ. I have Simpsons one, Seinfeld two, Frazier th- or sorry, Fresh Prince three, Frazier four. I'm not going to disagree with any names like named uh, here. Like they would all sort of be right at the top. Where would Larry Sanders show come in though? I- that would be something I. I I, I no, I had that next on mine. I had that ahead yeah. of Fresh Prince as well. It seems like you've just never seen the Larry Sanders show, Tim. Hey now. It's oh, so I good. I actually watched it a few years ago for the first time, admittedly so. And I 
I, 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 I enthralled by how good it how good it was, um, and how genius he is, and and learning more about Larry, I guess, since his passing, and and having experienced that show. So. Well, who who do you think is the Hank Kingsley of this show? Is it you or is it Cust? <laughs> I think it's Cust. Uh, and the show that didn't live long enough to be included, uh, but I loved every second of it, was Sports Night. Is that like 98 to 99? I know something? people who love Sports Night. I was never into it that much, but I know some people who loved it. I I think Sports Night is entirely watchable, but the way that it aired on ABC makes no sense. Like, it has a laugh track for the first season, and it's very clearly a show that's not filmed in front of a studio audience, and the Sorkin beats don't lend themselves all that well. Like... There was a really good idea in that show. And he was writing that show. This like, He wrote every episode of that show. And he wrote every episode of The West Wing for the first two seasons, too. I don't know how you write that much TV by yourself. Like, that's absolutely insane. Uh, and I feel like there was a great kernel. And The West Wing gets much better when he stops writing, incidentally. I mean, most, the vast majority of people would disagree with that statement. Uh, as they... I mean, it's mostly bad the whole way through anyway. And there's a show I watched every episode of. Like, Jeff watching Friends a lot and hating it. I watched nearly every single episode of The West Wing and hated every minute of it. Okay. Not not a 90s sitcom, so we're not going to be talking about that right now. But Sports no. Night, it had a great idea and a great premise. It just, it wasn't like, when I think like sitcom, is it really a sitcom, Jeff? I guess it might not, in the end, classify as, as a sitcom. Yeah. So the, I think it like their intentions were for it to be like they had a laugh track on it, as you said, like that's a sitcom. Yeah, but it, it was also from like the network standpoint, yeah, from but it the was network standpoint, but it was like half serious a lot of the time, too. So I think that one's sort of like I had it written down. It's like sort of in limbo. The other ones to consider here. So I had as a part of like the tier two, I had Larry Sanders show. I had friends in that mix. Fresh Prince, King of the Hill, South Park. I love news radio and third rock from the sun. I might be alone in that. I also love spin city, which is a part of that. But the one I wanted to talk about, cause I feel like Tim, you're all in on this show. And I, this is what I thought was going to be in your top three. Where's Roseanne. No, I'm not all in on Roseanne. I never loved that show. Sorry. It's not even on my list. Really? The shows that I love that people wouldn't probably have is the Drew Carey show or uh golden girls or family oh, match well, hold, 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 hold on hold on hold on quick question for you did you ever have a beat to mimi from drew carey show <laughs> oh it was just a really really fun and entertaining show and i loved it are you a big ryan styles head mm, not so much i just thought drew carey was really 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 funny and this like the character anyway i loved the show loved it uh, watched it when it was on TV every, uh, every, every, I think it was on Wednesdays, every time it was on. Uh, other than that, I've got the classic ones. Like I have, oh, I have Ren and Stimpy too, which I don't know whether you have them, but they're on my list. I, I had Beavis and Butthead and Ren and Stimpy in its own like little category. I haven't watched Ren and Stimpy because it ended up coming back. I haven't watched it like in 15 years. I, I, We're trying to kill me, man. And that's sort of, uh, I mean, the, the Ren and Stimpy is sort of like our relationship. I, I'm, I'm quite a Ren when it comes down to it. Just very angry. And I'm definitely, and I'm definitely uh, Stimson Jake at. You are. But family I matter. Was big in, like, I, fam- that's right. Imagine how angry you would be if my cousin, who is just like me, showed up 
and he did all the things that I did, like Stimpy's cousin did, that made Ren absolutely lose his mind. Yeah, he, that's my favorite episode. I mean, is when Stimpy's cousin comes to visit. Yeah, that was the one where Ren wasn't supposed to whiz on the electric fence, and then he did whiz yeah. on the electric fence. That wasn't good at all. So, Being around Stimpy's place. So, I mean, Jeff brought up married with children. <laughs> Tim, I feel like you're big on the nanny. You're probably a big Fran Drescher. You just love the, having a beat to that laugh on like a, on a loop is probably where you're up to. But I hated that show. But shows like the nanny is actually not terrible. But Family Matters, Full House, Boy Meets World, like th- those oh, are those are kids shows. Like adults shouldn't like those shows. Saved by the Bell. But I liked them because I was an adult, a kid when I watched them. Well, this yeah. is it, right? But, I have, but we're I ma- but we're making a list for now. Like, yeah, yeah. Again, I wouldn't I like. put like step by step on the show on the list, but I loved that show. Like, uh, put it this way: twelve-year-old me wasn't going to have Frasier on my list, but adult me loves Frasier. Well, that's fine, I totally but I get that. I love co- does Coach count? Yeah, Coach yes. is Coach is on this list if you wanted to. Be. Coach was coach a gem, like bro. Coach was a gem. Uh, totally loved Coach. The reason that King of the Hill didn't make it is because too many of their best episodes are post ninety nine. So you got three episodes, three seasons. The first three seasons of King of the Hill would be in the 90s. Yes, but there's so many great episodes like from 2000 onward that I, I just couldn't include it. Same with South Park. So many of their great episodes. It starts in 98, like it's 2000 onward. So I, 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 those two would both be on a list of 2000s sitcoms for sure, but I, I cannot ascribe them into the 90s. Can I say... I had a sister two years older than me. And if there was a 90s sitcom that was appointment viewing, and maybe you'd put this in the category of Full House, it probably is Tim, but, or Pat, oh, Tim, Tim Allen. Home Improvement. Uh, Table for one, Al Borland. <laughs> I, it, there's a whole bunch of the ones from the 90s. You have like Home Improvement. I throw, everyone loves Raymond. Oh, that wasn't a good one. I used to have that down. Now I don't have it. Everyone loves Raymond. That started in 96. Like, those just feel like, s- there's nothing. Mad about you? Yeah, ma- ma- or mad about shoe. Grace under fire. <laughs> Murphy Brown. Like, there's a bunch oh, of Murphy Brown. Like, there's a bunch of them that just, I, I don't know. Maybe they were just outside of my wheelhouse that I just never got into. And I never went Blossom. back and rewatched either. Yeah, Blossom. Uh. You're, you're like Blossom's a kid show. Well, like I know you're big because you're a big, uh, big Jenna Elfman fan. You're big on Dharma and Greg. <laughs> no, uh, when I grew up, I used to watch. It's a ni- I guess it's a '96. That's a British one called Keeping Up Appearances. I've never. That was very. Funny. Okay, well, if you haven't seen it, uh, it's a British. Do- uh, it's a British uh, uh, sitcom from the early to mid '90s. It is hilarious if you like british humor and if you don't well then you're not going to find it funny but if you're like me and you find sort of like rye british humor funny keeping up appearances is fantastic so the other ones i had on this list i had mad about you a different world martin came out in the mid 90s out of the jamie fox show i liked martin didn't really love the jamie fox show but what are the other ones that 70s show started in 1998 eh. ellen ellen i the end of night court Family Guy started in 1999. The end of the Cosby show, Saved by the Bell. Dream On. Dream On was like the primo source for trying to find tits on TV when I was like 12. 
Like late at night, yeah, Dream On would come on that. HBO. It's like, oh, I wonder if there's tits in this episode. That'd be great. But you mentioned a- Third Rock from the Sun. I love Third Rock from the Sun. I-, I love Third Rock from the Sun too. I don't know if we're in the majority on that one though. You mentioned I was, it. I was reason I love big... it so much. It was syndicated, and I saw it every single day for like four years. It was on TV all the time. I was a big fan of a shows you all mentioned briefly. Drew Carey, Spin City. I like that. I don't know whether they were on back to back on like a channel I watched from like five to six p.m. as a kid, but in syndication. But those were two that that I did enjoy. So what was the David Spade one? What's that? What was the David Spade one in the nineties? Just shoot me. That was News Radio. Just shoot me. That's what it is. Just no, shoot me. No, no news. Oh. News Radio is with uh, Dave Foley. I love Andy News Radio and and Phil yeah. Hartman. And they replaced him with John Lovitz after he died. Joe Rogan's on that show too, weirdly enough. And uh, the, the, yes, he is. the girl from ER, Maura Tyranny. She's the, and uh, has Steven Root. That's a great show. People should go back and, I feel like that was just an underwatch show that no one has seen. Hold on, is Just Shoot Me the one in like a fashion magazine? Yes, or yeah. exactly. I like that one. Yeah, I did, I did like yeah Just one. Shoot Me was good. <laughs> what else do I have? I have the, I have the critic on here because I love the critic. But uh, another very unpopular show at the time. That's why it got canceled so quickly. Mr. Bean is also, is that count as a sitcom? Sure. If it's I'll British. Count it, I, like it. I think so. That ran from 90 to 95. Wings is on this list that I have. Strangers with Candy, the first season was 1999. That only ran three seasons. And I think the first season is the best oh. season of Strangers with Candy. King of Queens started in 98, which is, I mean, that's just like well, those. That- King of Queens is just a low rent version of Everyone Loves Raymond. No, I love, <laughs> but if that, I don't know, is that 90s? But I love, I don't know. I'm into that. Oh, that, that's that's one of your like background shows, or is that something you would sit down and watch? I'm not, King of Queens, and there was another stupid show. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, and Tim have had this conversation. Well, see, yes, Jeff and I before. also love network television. So, like, these are all shows that were on. If you had it on network TV, I was watching. Yeah, but you, yeah, but, yeah, but if, if you watch Yes, Dear, or you watch King of Queens, I guarantee you, you watch them on, on syndication on TBS. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 for sure. Maybe. I mean, I just feel like November Sweeps is made for someone like me, because I will watch whatever you put on your network. Yeah, but were you, uh, were you really staying up to watch November Sweeps when you were t- 12 years old on a Thursday night? No, you saw all these shows in syndication. I think that's for the most part true. So Thank you. I, I guess it depends on what region you live in, too, and what your local affiliate had the syndication rights to. It might be influencing a lot of what you liked from the 90s. But So do, do we elevate Larry Sanders' show to that upper level? Because I'm not going to have friends. I'll have friends inside the top 10. That only seems fair Ooh. just because a lot of people like it. I mean, it's not my personal. If I do my personal favorite top five, maybe that's the way that I can go about this. I think it would go... Simpsons, Seinfeld, Frasier, Larry Sanders, News Radio. I think those would be my five. With Fresh Prince, Third Rock from the Sun, Spin City, because those are the Michael J. Fox years, not not the Sheen years. I think those would probably be the next ones, because you're right about King of the Hill and South Park. I think they do their best work in the 2000s, not the 90s. Yeah, I mean, I agree with many of those, but I mean, like, I wouldn't, I I have a few others on there. Like, I, I would have Golden Girls, and Drew Carey and Ren and Stimpy in there, where you have other ones. When was the last time you saw Ren and Stimpy? I don't know, but it was it was so great that I had this Game Boy game of Ren and Stimpy in the year six hundred million in space or whatever, and like you played as Ren and Stimpy in space. 
and uh, I had a T-shirt that had backwards powdered Toast Man on it, and uh, I loved that show. So it, it uh, yeah, it has warm uh, a warm place for me. The Settle gold- down, Bobby's world. <laughs> Bobby's world. No, he's fucking. Uh, what was the Louis Anderson one? Uh, Life, Life with, with Louis. Life with Louis. Yeah, that's tip. I like that. They ask me about it every time. And we're talking about like nineties, early morning cartoons. Like I was about that show, Doug. Oh, you're big on Doug. I uh, the single best cartoon besides like Recess? the. No, I was gonna say the the mid nineties Spider-Man cartoon that was on like Fox Kids was excellent. So was the X-Men one cartoon, but the single best one is the tick of early morning cartoons. It's not even close. Yeah, yeah, no, these are different like genre of I kids pretty cartoons, much only watched yeah. the Looney Tunes when I was young in the morning. So I didn't watch a lot of those shows. Golden Girls only had two seasons in the nineties, Tim, by the way. <laughs> that is that true? Yeah, I thought that was like an early nineties show. No, it started in nineteen eighty five. I did not realize that. And then I, guess I, have, I, guess I, have, I guess I have to take it off the list. And, and then, then there's Mahad. Jesse, Jesse, Jeff, Jeff and I low-key enjoy the same terrible popular network TV no, show. No, I don't enjoy Golden Girls or Maud. I just know the show and I know Golden Girls because my grandmother BS. yelled at me. My grandmother didn't know how to work the remote at our house, you know, because she had like a TV from like the bygone era. Well, like in our house, I guess we had a TV like that wasn't a hundred years old. And this was in like the golden girls day. And she would scream at me to put it on. And I would trick her like not putting it on. And those are my golden girls memories getting yelled at. And uh, you know, those are nice memories now, I I guess. I I think I finally thought of something for people to put in the comment section, rank your top five nineties comedies in the comment section. I want to see how off we are from everyone and see how many people have friends at number one, uh, because I know that people out there are going to have that. But it's not that you and Jeff love the same crappy network shows, is that from this time period, there are only network TV shows, Tim. I suppose that's true. Like Larry Sanders uh, and Dream On are the only two cable ones of these. I guess uh, it, uh, Ren and Stimpy and Beavis and Butthead, I guess Nickelodeon and MTV were cable yeah. at the time, but we could watch them. i will say i got to admit though my favorite 90s tv memories are probably saturday mornings being left alone at home my mom and sister are yes. out and i'm watching that nbc kids lineup of like saved by the bell and california dreaming and all those fun little stupid shows c-i-t-y you can't see why these guys are city guys bone and streetwise and then we take that Right to like gladiators and rest WWE superstars, WWF superstars. That's my jam. That you is my TGIF. jam. You weren't a TGIF type of guy. No, I was. That was the night before, but I'm talking Saturday mornings right now. All right. TGIF all right. with Family Matters, the full house, the step by step, bro. Yeah, that's all. That's 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 lifer stuff. Oh, you you, you, you hold on. You weren't all in on sister, 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 sister. I'm just part of that era, my age, my like time. That's just what it was. That's what it was. I like fit my, I fit right into that lane. So give me the top five for you. Now that you've taken golden girls out, Tim. Top five would be Simpsons, Seinfeld, Fresh Prince, Frasier. Uh, Brendan Stimpy. Let's go that way. So Jeff. Yes, dear. Number one. I don't even know if that came out in the nineties for you. No. Uh, I'm with you guys. It's very similar in Seinfeld, Simpsons, Frasier, Fresh Prince, Larry Sanders. Like, if I'm not just my favorites, but ones that are, like, the best, I think, that hold up, 
those would be the five that I would like take with me, I guess, to show another generation. Yeah, I, that's a actually a good way to frame this. What shows would you show your kids from this era? Those like, five for sure. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not making my kids watch Yes, Dear. <laughs> You're not. Like, like, but uh, we need to binge Yes, Dear right now. <laughs> but I'm going to be making so many Simpsons references that they might as well get the source material. I mean, the Simpsons are still Simpsons on are TV. hard, though. Like, let's say your kids are now, like, where do you start? Like, A, because they're so young. Like, they're so long. And I've stopped watching, like, new ones so many years ago. Like, where do you even, like, start? Like, you have a I want to show you the Simpsons. You have a responsibility to ensure that they're not in love with the new ones. That the old ones are what they get their watching up first. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty evident that you go see, start of season two through season eight. Those are your prime yeah. best years of The Simpsons. And if they were like us, they'd watch it five days a week every single day for so many years that those are the only episodes they know anyway. Do you know, I'll never, like literally, CBC, our like Canadian broadcaster, yeah. would play it at like five o'clock and right before it, like from every like, from a Suhanna Marchand to an Ian Hannah Mansing, like CBC News update that would lead right into the goddamn Simpsons, and I wouldn't miss it a day. For us, it was Family Matters at four thirty, Simpsons at five, Fresh Prince at five thirty. Well, that the that, that that five to thirty slot got switched a bunch of times over the years. So it was Simpsons, Fresh Prince for a while. Uh, later on, like fifteen years later, it was Simpsons, Arrested Development, which I still continue. That is true. And but I, I think even long. at some point in my childhood, they they made it like Simpsons, Simpsons. No, I, we never had that in our local affiliate. But no, the golden uh, era to me was Family Matters, Simpsons, Fresh Prince. That to me is the golden era of CBC suppertime television. And I watched it every day for like. 10 well, you had years. supper at four o'clock, but I'm talking more like we after school, a, a little cereal or waiting for. Yeah, yeah. We made a five. Last one that we didn't bring up because I feel like this one is very close to Tim's heart. Tim, where is dinosaurs on your list? <laughs> I used to love dinosaurs. It feels like a but, don't uh, don't kick the baby type show. Isn't yeah. it a sitcom? Like, can't you call it a sitcom? Oh, they yeah, aired totally. it at night. They literally tried to give it like it's a sitcom, right? The it last is. episode so sad. And I remember watching it as a little kid and being so like morose about the way that ended. And like asking like what happened to them and dad's like well they all died <laughs> like the, the big bang happened <laughs> well, no not the big bang the, the comet had hit and then it was snow time because the father on the dinosaurs didn't do a good enough job monitoring the comet and so it's like winter and the, like the last scene is them in their house and the father is and then, yeah, that show is just a ripoff of sam of family matters straight no up. that that show is a straight up ripoff of the simpsons tim that's exactly what it is Okay. I always thought it was Family Matters. No. And essentially, and, Family Family Guy became the animated version of that show. Matters. Hold anyway, on. What element of Family Matters do you see well, in the dinosaurs? Well, the grandmother is like, is like the father's mother and the mother and the mother. And I, I, always, I always thought the father was more like the father. Carl of Winslow? Matters. What are you talking about? I thought he and Carl were more similar. Anyway, that's it. My point being, the last episode was so sad because he's trying to describe to the baby, like, oh, we'll pull through. We've gone through stuff before knowing that. Anyway, it's just, it, it's such a terribly sad final episode that it sort of soured it for me. Like, I'd never go back. Like, I would never ask kids on my own to watch that series because knowing how it ends, it's just, it's just too much. It's too somber. All right. That will do it on. 
Cusk Corner 35 in the comment section. Please drop in your top five sitcoms of the 90s. Follow Jeff on Twitter at gfeinberg17. And as always, always follow Tim on Twitter at a Tim and August. Tim and August. It's not my name. At Tim Anderson 87 on the Twitters. I bring the fun. That will do it for me. Subscribe to the Cuss Corner audio podcast feed along with the Pat Mayo experience. Smash the like on the way out. Sub to Mayo Media Network and get off your ass and go back and watch all the old Cuss Corners. Okay? That'll do it for me. I'm Pat Mayo. We'll see you next time. Pat Mayo experience. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.